guys, welcome to another episode of Sauce of the Scary. Derek Zhu, Jeff Wright here with you this week. About to take that deep dive into the cinematic masterpiece known as The Meg. But before we do that, Jeff, how you doing, buddy? I'm just living the dream, Derek Zhu. How about Good you, deal, buddy? man? Ah, same thing. Same thing. Just uh just enjoying enjoying a little time where uh I'm I'm not having I'm not running around like a chick with my head cut off. So actually getting to watch the uh watch the sun through the day and, and leaving work before the sun sets at night, so it's pretty nice. Oh, photosynthesis can resume. Exactly. exactly. I was hoping you would start a cliche war with me after I after you live in the dream. We couldn't get uh you know, no. be blessed to be stressed or future so bright I gotta <laughs> wear shades, nothing. Working nine to five, man. What a way to make a living. <laughs> Let's see, I've tapped my well out now. I shouldn't have picked the fight I couldn't win. <laughs> Oh man! Before we uh, before we get into the Meg, uh, wanna wanted to uh, just go ahead and hit the plugs up front. Uh, if you guys have enjoyed what you've been hearing from Jeff and I lately, do us a favor: go on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, what have you. And if there is a place for you to leave us a review and those coveted five stars, we would definitely love that. Any review is accepted and appreciated, but definitely those five stars are what we're looking for um, on that. Also, want let you guys know that if you enjoy our theme song and who wouldn't because it's the best theme song in podcast history uh, you can go listen to our uh, singer songwriter ryan m brewer who provides us with that he has a new song out called hurricane and you can visit him on ryanmbrewer.bandcamp.com also if you have enjoyed listening to the show and you'd like to be more involved in the in in the episode choosings uh, or movie choosings rather for the episodes and uh, just get more in touch with Jeff and I, you can do that through our Facebook group. We saw something scary. Uh, again, that's on Facebook. We saw something scary. That it? I think that covers it, man. Well done. Okay. All right. Thanks. Yeah, I just figured we'll hit that up front and now after all the the soap selling at the end of the show. Sure. Pay the bills, man. Pay the bills. Exactly. All right, guys, let's get into it with everyone's favorite part of the show. Jeff hates trailers. All right, Jeffy, I got four for you this week, and uh, I'm going to start. I'm not going to start with the way that we've got it on the run sheet. I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to get one out of the way real quick and then uh, go through the, the horror ones, because I think those are the ones we'll be most interested in. OK, sounds good. So I'm going to start with a movie called The Oath. The synopsis on that is in a politically divided America, a man struggles to make it through the Thanksgiving holiday without destroying his family. And that stars Billy Magnuson, Ike Barinholtz, and excuse me, Tiffany Haddish, and John Cho. Well, John Cho intrigues me. I, I think we've talked yeah. about it before that if I could delete Thanksgiving from our national holiday routine, I would be happy to do so. <laughs> so I guess for me, that's kind of a horror, horror movie too, but I, I relate to like struggling to get through it. Don't get me wrong. I love time with my family, but. Yeah, that that ho- that holiday uh, really only serves to like stress you out. Uh, you know, twenty percent more right before Christmas comes. If that makes sense. And sure. So uh, yeah, I relate to struggling to get through it. Did it, did it look good to you? Um, it looked like a movie that I'll watch when it comes to like Prime. Oh, okay. What intrigued or- you about it? Um, well, I, I've kind of I've kind of turned turned a different uh, way on Tiffany Haddish. Used to she annoyed me a lot, uh-huh. but lately I've, I've been finding her really funny. And this this seems like <laughs> well, I can say this because none of my family listen to the show. Uh, this seems like if I brought an African American girl home for Thanksgiving, it seems like that's how my family would respond to it. So, <laughs> gotcha. So, so that's kind of like I was like, oh yeah, that that looks exactly like what would happen. So. Uh, we'll put the trailer up on We Saw Something Scary, and you can tell us whether or not it, it's something that you're interested in. Please do. All right. So from The Oath, let's get into a movie that I just just saw right before we started uh, recording called Slice. I've seen and some of the advertisements for this where they're using um, they're using like Pizza Hut and Domino's logos to advertise the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, let's see. The synopsis on that is when a when a pizza delivery driver is murdered on the job, the city searches for someone to blame. Is it ghosts, drug dealers, a disgraced werewolf? And hmm. the uh, let's see. This stars Zazzy Beats or Zazzy Beats. I'm not sure. I hope it's Zazzy Beats. Uh, she was in Deadpool 2. For those of you that watched Deadpool 2, she was Domino. Oh, man. That uh, that was a star turn for her. Uh, she'll, we'll see much yeah. more of her in the near future, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, so Zazie Beats, Catherine Cunningham, Joe Keery. 
and Paul Shear. And all I can think about right now is how I want there to be a working DJ out there somewhere named Zazzy Beats. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I just want that business card. I would frame it. <laughs> I'll take that on. Good man. So um, what all do you know about Slice? I mean, it, you said you watched the trailer right before we get started. Yeah, legitimately, uh, there's a there's a minute 17 second trailer that doesn't really give away a lot. Uh, but you see Joe Keery in it a lot, which, of course, we all know is, um, <laughs> geez, come on. He's, um, dang the devil, Steve Harrington. There it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and it also, I mean, I don't guess this is a spoiler because it's in the trailer. Um, Paul Shear apparently runs the pizza joint, and his pizza joint is on a portal to hell. Nice. I think I've, I've eaten there. <laughs> I, I told you before, pizza is my love language, and I've eaten a lot of really good pizza throughout the years, but I've also eaten some terrible stuff. So this movie's <laughs> this movie is at a, at a very odd conjunction of my loves between horror and pizza. Oh. I'm sorry, you you dropped out for a second. Say that again. Oh my bad. Uh, I just said this this movie's at a very odd conjunction of, of things that I love between horror and pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, this may, I mean, this may be the uh, ultimate movie for you, Jeff. Although it does look like it's a horror comedy. So oh, how how could we have yeah. ever seen that coming with a, a pizza place sitting on top of a portal to hell? Totally uh, unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> also with Paul Shearer in it and named Slice. Um, it only says that it's going to be uh, released in the U.S. in 2018. Of course, we're vastly approaching the end of 2018, so be on the lookout for this. I imagine on video on demand. I don't, I don't get a wide release or not, but okay, I'm sure oh, I will catch that. While I'm thinking about this, Jeff, speaking of wide releases, do you know that uh, Searching doesn't come out again until August 31st? Now, no kidding. Yeah, man, they keep pushing it back. What is the deal? I don't know, but that worries me. For you sure, know, we, we we talked about when did we first see that trailer? Was it for uh, Hereditary? That sounds right. Yeah, right before Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so saw the trailer for Hereditary. It had the August third premiere on it. So then you and I decided, okay, well, the week of August third, we're going to review that for the podcast. And then went to look to see when showtimes were, and it says this movie doesn't come out until August twenty fourth. So again, Jeff and I were like, oh, okay, well, sure, then we'll just wait till the twenty fourth and we'll go watch this movie, and then we'll review it the week after. Well, I went to go check showtimes for it um, because Jeff and I have a, a reminder that pops up every week that says, hey, this is the movie that you're going to watch because we're both old and have a lot going on and sometimes things are forgetful. <laughs> and um, and so I went to IMDb to look at searching again and it said in theaters on August 31st. So, man, I, I think that we probably just put that one on the back burner until we know for sure that it's going to come out and then we can review it at a later date. I'm sad to hear that. But yeah, I guess that's the strategy. Do you remember yeah. a movie that had a rolling release date like this? Not one that had like three or four in the same month. No. Yeah. You know, there's always been different things where it's like, hey, coming out in December of 2015, and then it comes out in like June of 2016 or you know something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But nothing, you're talking about years where, and months out, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing where it's like, hey, this will be out October 1st. Oh, nope. Sorry. October 15th. Oh, nope. Sorry. October 29th. Like I've never had that happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's odd. So it really doesn't bode well because September is one of those months where, uh, you know, film production companies dump movies they're not entirely enthusiastic about. So it makes me a little bit yeah. nervous. Yeah. There, now, there's a couple of exceptions. Uh, last year we had It yeah. came out in September. Yeah. Um, and this year we'll have The Nun, which I imagine is going to be good. woo so, Cannot wait. Um, and then there's something else coming out like the week before The Nun that I was excited about. I forget what it is, though. Clearly, I'm very excited about it. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'll we'll keep going, and I'll try to look it up and see what it is. Uh, well, we have been searching for searching, and it has thus far eluded us. <laughs> so I guess <laughs> we very true. We stop. We give up the search, Derek. Yeah, well, it's over, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys back here next week. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Let's see here. The next one I've got for you is a movie called Bloodfest, uh, which is again a horror charming. comedy. Yeah, uh, but for Bloodfest, it's a let's see. Pull this up here real quick. Fans flock to fans flock to a festival celebrating the most iconic horror movies, only to discover that the charismatic showman behind the event has a diabolical agenda. 
As festival attendees start dying off, three teenagers, more schooled in horror form, or excuse me, horror film cliches than practical knowledge about neutralizing psycho killers, must band together and battle through various madmen and monstrosities to survive. Also a horror comedy, I assume. Yes, sir. Also a horror comedy. This stars Zachary Levi, Tate Donovan, and um, Robbie Kay. You know, that premise sounded better than the title led me to assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to go. I don't, is that going to be like video on demand release? Um, no, it looks like it's going to be released in theaters on August 31st. I can't imagine I go to the movie theater to watch that thing, but I will catch it at some point along the way, I'm assuming. That sounds like an ideal movie to have on in the office while I'm doing paperwork. Yeah, yeah. Um, between the two, between Slice and Blood, Fl- Blood Fest, easy for me to say, this was the one that I was the most intrigued by. Oh, okay. So. All right. Well, I'll, I will put that on the radar then. Yeah. And it's got your boy Shazam in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, we talking about Zachary. <laughs> just expected you to be a little more excited about it. Yeah. I, I want to love that movie, man. I really do. But the, like I went back and looked at the, the comics that they're basing it on and I'm just, it's just such a pile of hot garbage. Um, I, I cannot stand Jeff Johns and yeah, so I'm sorry. This is kind of a rabbit trail, but when I hear, when I, when I see the trailer, which I did, I went and watched uh, the Meg and Christopher Robin on the same day and I got to see the trailer on the big screen for the first time. I get happy, you know, like, Oh, that'll be fun. That'll be a good lark. And I'm always defaulting to like, it, I've yet to see a bad superhero movie, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But, yeah. um, well, that's not true. I hated Dawn of Justice anyway. Uh, when I think oh, about yeah, the movie true. in the abstract and I don't have the trailer right in front of me, I just have this pit in my stomach. Like, even if this thing is good, it could be so much better if you didn't use garbage source material. So anyway, rant over. Sorry for my <laughs> lack of enthusiasm. <laughs> it's all right. Hey, so I figured out what I was talking about earlier in September. September the 7th is when The Nun comes out. September the 14th is when The Predator comes out. Oh, geez. I guess I'm going to uh, need to get on AMC's A-list by the time September comes around. Uh, man, I'm going in kicking and screaming. But I did cancel Movie Pass. Did you? Yeah, I I was going to go see either the Meg or Christopher Robin one on it, and uh, showtimes were available in the morning. I get over to the theater, they're gone, and yeah. that was just the end of the rope for me. But ah, I do not want to give AMC an extra dollar. I will never yeah, be really- more at their theater than when I have the opportunity to cost them money by seeing the Mac, you know, by using the maximum amount of rewards. You still there? Yeah, yeah. I just can't. Okay, I can't handle AMC. I almost had an aneurysm over it. <laughs> I understand. It's too bad that Cookville isn't big enough to have like a, a Regal and an AMC. Absolutely. I, now, I love the management over at AMC. They, they're, they're holdovers from the Carmack days. Uh, yeah, shout out to those guys. But AMC as a company, just take a long walk off a short pier. Um, yeah, I'd love to have a Regal or even like a, an Alamo Draft House. I'd love oh, to yeah. have one of those to go to. I'd, I'd pay the extra to be able to avoid giving money to AMC. Yeah, I guess that's the the nice thing about Branson is there's no big theater chains here. Yeah, um, we have a B and B in the Ozarks. Um, that's probably the nicest theater that that we have here. But lately, man, uh, and this is probably not smart on my part, but lately, like for the bigger movies like Mission Impossible and Ant Man and The Meg and things like that, well, I wouldn't call The Meg a, a bigger movie. But um, anyway, I went and saw all of those in IMAX because we have a really nice IMAX theater here. Yeah, um, but most of the time, I just go to this little mom and pop. Uh, cinema if you know i've got a movie itch that i want to scratch it's like seven bucks and it's awesome so it reminds me of the old days where we used to work at the highland 10 yeah well i mean we need to use all the money we're making off this podcast to open up a mom and pop in cookville and we can do a couple of the big releases that you know that look appealing to us but then we can have like two or three old school movies running we have the shining and you know the exorcist available all the time yeah we'll also put in guilt girl you hear that mike d we'll put guilt girl in yeah we will uh which hey also guilt girl is doing a premiere in memphis tennessee on september the 13th i don't know if we have any memphis listeners or not but if you if you're a, oh dude you know what that means does that mean you can get that to means it? well yeah I'm, I'm going but that means you and i can go watch the predator on the 14th yes it does yes it does um friend of the podcast jared moore would probably be excited to join us for that he is the biggest predator fan i know yeah let's let's make that happen that sounds great all right cool. uh, also That's i think we'll the do. predator at least in part is shot in a beloved little city known as chattanooga tennessee did you see that on the yes. side of the trailer yes i did well it's a it's a shane black movie and shane black for some reason has an affinity for chattanooga tennessee maybe he I mean, 
I'm not loopies and crust pizza like I do. It could well be, man. I, I, um, I mean, I don't blame him. I have an affinity for Chattanooga, Tennessee as well. But in Iron Man 3, there was... Oh, yeah. There was a shot where they went into... I don't know if they went into Chattanooga or not. That was a beauty but there was a there was a beauty pageant with like Miss Red Bank and Miss East Ridge and like all this other stuff and and uh, me and Big Al always made the joke that like definitely he didn't shoot that in Chattanooga because there's no one that looks that good that lives in those places. Oh my gosh! <laughs> didn't you meet Lucy Southwell in Chattanooga? I'm sorry. Say it again. Did you not meet Lucy Southwell in Chattanooga? I met Lucy Southwell in Chattanooga. Yes, but Lucy sorry, Southwell. Lucy. Um, lived in Cleveland. Oh, so Red Bank and uh, what was the other one that you mentioned? East Ridge. East Ridge. So those are those are technical, like, you know, those specific areas of the Chattanooga region, right? Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Which, uh, which I, I think it was more of the Red Bank than it was East Ridge. I know some, I know some very attractive ladies in East Ridge. Also, since we're talking about Lucy Southwell, since we're recording this on the 21st, happy birthday, Lucy Southwell. Hey, happy um, birthday, Lucy. Thanks for uh, yeah. supporting the podcast. I hope you have a great birthday. Birthday. Absolutely, she's uh, she's having a great time in Scotland right now. So, oh my god, send- never mind. I hate her now. <laughs> want to send uh, happy birthday wishes to Miss Lucy. Uh, all right, dude, I've got one more for you, and this is the one I'm the most excited about. All right, fire away. All right, this one is called Eyes of the Dead. Okay. After a plague of zombies invades a family's once once peaceful hometown, the havoc they wreak is deadly. Eyes of the Dead is a zombie thriller that immerses the audience in a pulse-pounding, innovative survival experience. Relying heavily on practical special effects and a POV perspective, what you see on camera is what was filmed on that fateful day of the zombie invasion. Okay. Dude, so you, essentially, essentially, you are the main character. You, I mean, you had me at practical effects. Uh, yeah. I, I think, you know, back in not too long ago, the Mad Max revival kind of reminded us all how much better practical effects are. And then watching Mission Impossible was a refresher course. Just being amazed that Tom Cruise still does this stuff. Um, yeah, dude, I'm totally in on that. I don't, you know, po- the point of view is maybe a little less enjoyable because I'm assuming that means shaky cam. But I'll be there for the premise and for the uh, for the chance to see some good practical horror effects. Yeah, well, uh, you may have your chance because it is being released in theaters this Friday. Oh, okay. I wonder if I wonder so, if Cook Vegas will get it. I'm going to say unlikely, but who knows? They might. Then we will look for it on video on demand. Yeah, man. But I think we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on this one if it if it gets decent reviews or even. I mean, right now it's got a seven on IMDb. So oh, okay. Um, yeah, if this you know if this keeps if it trends where it's got some good reviews and something you might be interested in or guys is something that you might be interested in. We'll put it up on a poll. And if you like it, we'll, we'll take a little review at it. Yeah. Uh, for, at one point it was called six fifteen the movie hmm. or six one five or six one five. The movie. I'm not real sure. Shout out to Nashville. <laughs> You're here. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> any chance it's set in the Nashville area? Uh, I don't think so. Cause I, it, it looks like it's a, it's a time more than an area code. Mm-hmm. So six fifteen. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah, that sounds good. And that's a that's a pretty good Jeff H. Trailers. I mean, that came out with some movies that I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for. Yeah, man. All right. So I guess it is time to get into. I got a few things to throw at you here, Derek. I'm, I'm telling you, it's been a slow month so far for horror news, but a little bit of pickup this week. Um, All right. Do you have a Roku? No, sir. I have an Apple TV. Yeah. So that, I mean, those are your streaming options for cord cutters, right? So there's Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and then Roku. Uh, One of our TVs is hooked up to a Roku and it's probably, you know, just based on the interface. I don't have an Apple TV, but compared to the uh, Amazon interface, I like the Roku much better. There's also a Chromecast. I've never played with one of those, but one of the things that's unique to Roku is that they have their own uh, unique streaming channels. And anybody can put one up. So like there's a there's a Christian ministry named Ligonier Ministries that I really like. Well, the other day they released a Roku channel so I can get on there and watch Ligonier content. It, it's a it's a neat platform in that way. Well, there's a new channel coming out for Roku users called Terror TV. And I think we're recording this on the 21st of August. I think today is the day it goes live. Oh, cool. So Terror TV, this is from iHorror.com. Terror TV will invade Roku streaming players and television starting next week. Obviously, this was written last week. With an endless array of free horror thrills, the new video on demand channel promises to be uncut, unrated, and unreal. Uh, According to their official press release, Terror TV will debut on August 21st on Roku as a 
a free video on demand channel stationed out in Tempe, Arizona. The debut content will feature independent films chosen exclusively from the library of Acourt International Distribution. Terror TV will also be crafting original content slated for spring 2019, all of which will be presented in crisp HD quality. Uh, one of the things the uh, horror uh, article mentions is that they're adapting some content from IDW Comics, and that got me pretty excited. IDW is one of the larger independent, you know, outside of the Marvel DC duality, they're they're one of the larger independent uh, distributors. They had the Transformer series, I think, for several years, and and the Transformer comics they did were really good. So I guess I'm excited for Terror TV. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you don't have access to it. I'll I'll be happy to fill you in though. Yeah, man, uh, that might that might give me enough incentive to switch over to a Roku. Brian Campbell has been trying to get me to switch over to a Roku for the last, I don't know, two or three months now. So, Well, Roku does have some strengths. Again, I mentioned that it has that channel, that unique ability to, for anybody to put up a channel. The other thing it, it does is that it kind of avoids the wars between the different content creators. So like, you know how Amazon and YouTube, or excuse me, Amazon and Google aren't getting along. So YouTube isn't available as an app on Amazon. Are you aware of that? Dude, I'm sorry. You, you totally blanked out on me. What happened? So there's this war between Amazon and Google where uh, kind of YouTube is the thing being pulled on in the tug of war between them. So like on Amazon Fire, there's no YouTube app. Oh, okay. And I think maybe on Google Chrome, you can't, uh, Chromecast, you can't shop Amazon or something, or you can't use Amazon Prime Video. There's something there. Well, Roku just slides in between those uh, because it's neutral. That It has licenses with both of those people. It's kind of Sweden uh, or Switzerland, rather, and you get to have all the content there. So there, there's some perks oh, for nice. Roku. Nice. So it just slides in both their DMs. Yes. Brian Campbell uh, reference there for those of you who uh, who listen to his podcast. Okay. Well, cool, man. So you're telling me I should buy a Roku, and what else we got? Well, um, you should buy a Roku. Bloomhouse looks like it's up to stuff. Okay. So Jason Bloom did a Twitter Q&A, uh, I guess, earlier this week, and a lot of stuff came out of there. One, he told us that Happy Death Day is completed. Ooh. That's good news, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, shout out to Allison. What up, Allison? For real. Um. So he said specifically, some of us saw Happy Death Day, and it's good. So uh, I'm excited. I'm ready to see <laughs> Tree Gelbman. Is that how you say her last name, Gelbman? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Um. That, that worries me that he just says good, though. <laughs> Oh, you think he should be a little bit more ecstatic? Yeah, we saw Happy Death Day too, and it's all right. <laughs> well, so he goes on. Um, no, I'm I'm sorry, not uh, not Bloom, but rather Roth herself told Collider earlier this year uh, the sequel, the way Landon described it to me, elevates the movie from being a horror movie. And I wouldn't even say it's just a horror movie because it's a horror comedy rom-com drama into a back to the future type of genre film where the sequel joins us right from where we left off. It explains a lot of things in the first one. Uh, excuse me, that the first one didn't get explained and it elevates everything. So we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to say that movie was a happy surprise. So I'm, I'm going to follow them into the next one, but I'm not entirely sure they need to go for like genre transcendence just yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing I was worried about with that is, um, you know, we talked about it on, on the episode that we reviewed happy death day, which you can find in our archives um, that I would be, there was, there was a specific thing that the director wanted to do um, for the sequel that like uh, answered a lot of the questions that we had for the first one. I'd like to see it go down that route. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that I want it to be a back to the future type of genre film. Um, yeah. That kind of worries me. <laughs> Well, and even I mean, God bless her. I'm I'm sure she's not trying to do this, but you comparing your your movie to Back to the Future. I mean, that's that's pretty grandiose. You know what I mean? Like we're talking about yeah. one of the, the best movies of all time. Uh, I don't know. Maybe tap the brakes yeah. just a little bit. The only way I'll accept that it's a Back to the Future type movie is if Christopher Lloyd shows up and he's like, "Tree, we've got to go back." That's and then the the doll face killer just stabs him to death mercilessly. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes, "Great Scott," and he dies. Yeah. I'm in for that. Yeah. Uh, he also mentioned, did you ever see, uh, it was a found footage movie called The Gallows that was set in a high school that was doing a theater production? <sighs> yeah, I did. Not a fan. Not a fan. I kind of enjoyed it. I had low expectations and it, it exceeded my low expectations. Uh, we're getting a sequel, Bloom said. Oh, fantastic. I can tell you're over the moon. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, but for you Gallows fans out there, that is coming down the pike from Bloom House. Uh, this is a really sad note. Well, one of them is. Same, same Twitter Q&A. He said that there's not going to be a sequel to the Belco experiment. Okay. I'm quite happy to hear. But he also said Oculus isn't going to get a follow up. And man, I, I think Oculus has some more. I don't know. You could ring some more out of that. You think so? Yeah, man. Like that mirror is still out there somewhere. 
right? I'm just going to eat somebody else. Yeah. I don't know, man. I feel like, uh, I feel like that movie may have just, especially with the way that it ended. I think that that movie may have done it in for me. Um, it's a great movie and I really enjoy it. But if we're going to go down that same route where the, the mirror wins again, I don't know if I can watch that again or not. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, now that you're talking through it, I, I guess I, I see what you're saying. I, I don't want it to turn into the, the next rings. Right. Right. So, yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't considered it. I just thought, yeah, more more mirror. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe that was just the perfect dose and we don't need more. I'm willing to consider that, Derek. You're a wise man. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, the only way that I would get back on board with it, of course, is if Mike Flanagan's doing it. Um, but sure. you know how you know how a lot of sequels are. Uh, you know, the original director won't sign on, or by now Flanagan's too busy and you know wouldn't sign on to begin with and stuff. So I'm trying to take a sequel if he's on board. But if he's not on board, then I'm definitely I'm definitely not either. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. Okay. Well, the the other news that uh, that came out of that Q and A, maybe more people are excited about this. He started talking about other. Friends franchises that they wanted to get involved with since, uh, you know, obviously they've gotten Halloween and they've been doing some, you know, some other franchise based stuff. So he said that they have pursued the rights to The Crow. Oh, uh, Wes Craven's The Serpent and the Rainbow, which I'm not familiar with. Yeah, I'm not either. Uh, also, John Carpenter's adaptation of Stephen King's Christine, which is a movie I love. Yeah. He said they we should are, put that on a poll sometime. Yeah, we absolutely should. I just bought the Blu-ray not too long ago. Oh, uh, nice. He said they have interest in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Also, Scream, Alien, and Universal's Dark Universe. Oh, uh, the big dog on this though is that they have tried multiple times to get Friday. Roman Reigns. <laughs> it is his yard now, officially, my friend. Yeah, that's the truth. Um, but yeah, they the the big reveal is that they have went after Friday the Thirteenth a bunch of times, and they're going to keep trying. Apparently, it's in you know legal. We've talked about this before. It's it's being legally contested between the screenwriter and the first I think director. Yeah, but once that shakes out, I wouldn't be surprised for Bloomhouse to snatch it up. Man, that would be really good. Yeah, I, you know we don't like everything that comes out of Bloomhouse, but I like enough of it to feel like a lot of these projects I'd be happy to see him take first crack at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Bloom doesn't hit a home run every time, but he has a really good on base percentage. That's well said. That's the perfect analogy. Uh, Yeah. The the average is high enough that I'm willing to say, well, you know, take a shot at it. And if you don't, then some of these, you know, like the crow, I don't know that it needs to be readapted or maybe even Christine, but some of these have the kind of legs that if Bloom does somehow mishandle it, uh, the next generation can come behind and try it again, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's funny that the crow gets brought up on this because I actually went into a deep dive the other day on the crow for some reason. And, uh, I really want to review that sometime. Well, I'm game. Uh, yet again, another movie that I bought not too long ago on Blu-ray. Uh, yeah. I, you know, that movie, I think it gets a, a bump for, the, you know, what happened to Brandon Lee on it, but I always enjoyed sure. it. And I've enjoyed rewatching it sporadically over the years. You know, I watch it every year or two and it, you know, it remains enjoyable. I don't know if that's nostalgia or inherent quality, but I like that movie. You know, that good night, the sequels are terrible, but that original is pretty solid. How dare you disgrace the good gosh darn name of David Boreanaz in the third one. Uh, the kid who played uh, the main kid in Terminator 2, I can't remember his name. Yeah, Edward Furlong. Yeah, he's in really one of the sequels is one that he's in. It may be the very last one, and it's the worst thing I've ever seen. I think he actually saw to it that the crow didn't rise from the dead again. <laughs> I think that's actually the one I was I was talking about. David David Boreanaz played uh, Angel in the uh, the Angel TV series. That was a Buffy spinoff, and he, I think that was the one that Furlong played uh, the crow in. Ish, that is some hot hot garbage, man. Yeah, no, it's it's terrible, dude. Well, didn't didn't uh, Vilmer Valderrama didn't he wind up doing one too? Uh, maybe I you know I I went and poured bleach in my ear after watching the Furlong one, and I think it did successfully eliminate some of my memories of that franchise. Yeah, so the the one we're talking about is uh, 2005, The Crow, Wicked Prayer. And just got cold chills. And and listen to this. Listen to this talented trio from the Naughties. Okay. That's what I like to call the Knots now. The Naughties. Edward Edward Furlong played The Crow. Uh, David Boreanaz played Luke Crash. Um, and a couple other people that I don't want to spoil the movie for uh, anyone. <laughs> you will never be able to spoil that movie as much as watching that movie spoils that movie. <laughs> 
Um, oh crap! Look at this wasn't this wasn't the part of the trio originally, but we'll do a Fatal Four now. Tito Ortiz was in this movie. <laughs> Man, I, I miss I Tito Ortiz. That. Yeah, dude, I was a yeah. huge fan of his back in the day. Yeah, if Tito Ortiz doesn't scream early noughties, then I don't know what does. But finally, the one that I was looking at, uh, it's the it's the ones that are the the main three. So you've got Edward Furlong, David Boreanaz, and Tara Reid. Yeah, baby. That was right uh, as she began her pitch forward into absolute oblivion as, a, as an actress. How dare you? Tara Reid has 87 things in production right now. <laughs> All of them are Sharknados. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, Sharknado 6 just came out uh, yesterday, last night, on Monday night, and I, apparently it's the last one they're doing. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. I can't wait for 10 years to pass and we get the Sharknado revival. Maybe, yeah. maybe Blue Mouse picks that up. <laughs> Blue Mouse picks up, picks up Friday the 13th, The Crow, and Sharknado. Brilliant move, Jason. Yeah. Hey, did you ever watch the um, the Belco experiment? Did you ever see that? No, yeah, that was a stay yeah. away from the jump for me. I watched it. Uh, I had a free red box and picked it up, and uh, it was terrible. So you did the right thing. Yeah, I hate to be wrong. I mean, excuse me, I hate to be right on that, but glad I didn't waste my time on it either. I mean, that is your name, so this is true. You are Mr. Right. Uh, speaking of and, terrible decisions, and Mr. Pickle, <sighs> stop that. Uh, <laughs> speaking of terrible decisions involving sequels, did you see that the uh, the actress who was one of the stars of Child Play Two went off on the idea of spinning Child Play into a reboot while the original series is still ongoing? No, I didn't see that. Uh, it's Christina Lee's. And uh, if you are familiar with that franchise, you'll know her. Um, We're a family-friendly podcast. I'm going to do some creative editing here. She said, I think it's an unbelievably huge uh, rhymes with Rick move, she told Horror Geek Life. I was going to say Richard. I think it's a sploosh move. Absolutely. I don't know why they would uh, euphemism for intercourse with a healthy franchise. To make a competing (laughs) franchise with an existing and, like you said, healthy, robust franchise is super sploochy. And nobody from the original franchise is involved. And they're not going to have Brad Dorif. They're not going to have Don. And they're not going to have any of us. Dude, I got to be honest with you. Sploochy sounds a lot worse than the actual word. I think sploosh tag is the <laughs> is the superior substitute. I would rather say sploosh tag than the original. Oh, that's fair. Anyway, if you're interested in seeing her, she goes on at length about all the uh, reasons that this idea of rebooting Child's Play is stupid. And uh, some of our listeners may want to find that. You can track it down on Dread Central or Horror Geek Life. Just Google her name. Again, that's Christina Lease and Child's Play 2 uh, reboot. You'll find it. Hey, we'll just uh, we'll just throw this link up on the on the uh, We Saw Something Scary yeah. page. Good, good deal. The, the We Saw Something Scary people can come in and tell me the better creative replacements for uh, for foul language. Yeah. Got to keep that uh, well, iTunes rating, baby. She d- <laughs> she does go all in, though, doesn't she? My goodness. Yeah, she's hot to trot about it. But, I mean, yeah. I think she even says it at one point. Uh, it's her, you know, she's hoping to have a meal ticket off of it. And so it's it's sort of an, an assault on her fortunes. But, yeah, she leans into the criticism. Yeah. Well, don't, you know, can't say I blame her. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's a dumb move. Yeah. It's really, uh, it's really mucked up, as she says at the end of it. Well done. Well done. Well, Derek, that has brought me to the end. This has been this week's Horror Are you ready to pull the curtain on the Meg? Yeah, let's pull the string. Uh, let me run through the reviews on this thing real quick, man. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics have said 48%. Audiences, 57%. Which, I'll just be honest, it strikes me as low. Uh, I enjoyed yeah. this movie. All cards on the table. Metacritic has it at 46%. Mm-hmm. And Letterbox has it at 2.6 out of 5, which works out to about uh, 52%. So, sure. um, yeah, scale of 1 to 10, I know we do that towards the end. Where would you put the Meg? 6.5. Yeah, that sounds reasonable to me, too. Um, it was what I wanted, and it, it delivered. Did you um, Did you read many reviews for this movie? Before I went and watched it or after? After. No, I, I honestly, man, I, I try to stay away from reviews as much as possible, especially if I know that you and I are going to review the movie. Well, I, I just plowed through it because I started seeing, you know, some of these ratings and I thought, wait, do we watch the same movie? Yeah. And something that consistently comes up is this idea that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't goofy enough. It didn't have enough heart. It, you know, it needed to be more campy. It needed to have more, more gore. And I'm just not there. I mean, I feel like this thing was precisely calibrated to do exactly what I want out of a big dumb shark movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. Look, anytime that you're going to take them singing Just Keep Swimming from Finding Nemo, if that's not the right amount of camp for you, then we probably shouldn't be friends. I, I, I'm with you. I just don't understand this. I mean, the, the Rain Wilson climbing up on a bombed whale's back thinking he escaped the shark only to be snatched away all but his hand. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah. Wahlberg! What? No. Spoiler alert. Uh, his union rep is going to be so angry. Oh, he's going to be so mad. I'm now sorry. we're going to have to watch mile 22. <sighs> Surely we can negotiate something better than that. Uh, when he calls, let me let me answer, okay? Okay, that sounds good. Uh, yeah, so when, when we see the end of Rain Wilson, uh, that, that made me laugh out loud. Uh, if, yeah. if these things aren't satisfactory, I don't really know what you want from a shark movie. Yeah, no, I agree, man. When uh, when he started seeing Just Keep Swimming, I was the only person in the theater that laughed, but I don't care. Um, and yeah, there were a lot of different times in this movie where I laughed out loud. And I was like, this is an enjoyable, like, this is just a dumb, fun, enjoyable movie. I think that's actually what I said to you after I got out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. was like, it's it's a dumb movie, but it's, it's fun. And friend so. of the podcast, Jody Webster, said much the same as well. I mean, you know what you're going into, surely, when you go see the Meg. Yeah. If, if that's what you're expecting, this thing delivers. Um, can I hit you with you know a list of your top shark movies? Yeah, man. All right, I've got mine. I'll, I'll reveal that after I hear from you. So give me your top four or five. Uh, Jaws, of course. Yeah. Um, I'd probably say this movie okay. because I still haven't I haven't had the chance to watch Forty Seven Meters Down yet. I know that you guys have. Everyone's told me go watch it. I just haven't had the time. Um, not to steal from your list here, Jeff, but I'd say Deep Blue Sea after that. Um. Did you see The Shallows with Blake Lava? Yeah, there it is. Thank you. I was trying to, I can't, I always, that and 47 Meters Down was the Mandy Moore movie, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. I always get those two confused. Yeah. I did see The Shallows. A scale of one to 10 on it? Uh, like five and a half. Okay. So you would say worth watching? Yeah. Uh, did you see the one that, there was one that was based on real life events, which will probably stop me from seeing it because the idea of sharks in the water, as much as I love the ocean, I just hate the thought of not being able to know what's beneath me um, right. when I'm swimming in it. Um, but there was one that was based on this uh, this couple that were like out scuba diving on their honeymoon and the the tour company forgot them and left them out in the waters. Oh the, my goodness. The movie was based on like what they think might have happened to them. Oh wow. I can't remember the title on that one, but I've heard good things about it. I just... <laughs> You know, I, I get that I'm watching humans get eaten by uh, by sharks and all these movies, but the fact that I have to specifically say something like this happened to real life people and I can't just dismiss them as pixels on the screen in a fictional mm-hmm. narrative, it'll probably keep me from ever seeing that one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I'm with you pretty close. Jaws is obviously the champion and it inspired the author of the book this movie is based on. Uh, 47 Meters Down. The Meg and then Deep Blue Sea for me. And then five is just, I've got to find five. I'm not sure yet. It might be the Shallows. It may be one of the Sharknados. I don't know, but I can only go four deep here so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, I guess if I was going to put a Sharknado on this one, I would put the first one on there because a good friend of mine, Ryan Buds, has a cameo in Sharknado. Oh, so. okay. Well, that's funny you mentioned that. So I've never seen any of those. And I've been putting Sharknado on when I'm doing office stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm part of the way through it uh, yeah where where's do you remember where he's at in that off the top of your head if not that's cool but i'll look for him uh he is i believe at the beginning of the movie uh well not like the very beginning but like maybe the first quarter of the way through he's the guy who has his leg chopped off and he's screaming on the beach oh okay okay i know exactly yeah. where that stuff's happening so i'm gonna go back and look for him yeah it's, it's a it's a pretty it's become a pretty iconic moment in the movie yeah and uh and he's he's rode that wave ever since which i mean good on him i would have too sure sure Okay, well, cool. Uh, speaking of lists, would you say this is the best Statham performance? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, this this feels like a an actual person, and I don't feel like I've ever watched Jason Statham play an actual person before. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, you've just I, you did it better than I could, but you've just encapsulated what I think about this performance. Yeah. Yeah, most of the time, I mean, most of the time we we uh, drop in with Jason, Jason Statham on some kind of mission or something that he's doing, and all he's going to do is he's just going to kick butt or, or like in those crank movies. My God, those things were crazy. Um, 
you know, and he's just the he's the cool British guy that can beat the snot out of most people. Uh, but this one, you know, he actually has some character development, some, uh, and he actually has to he has to act a little bit in this one. Yeah. And and I thought he was I thought he he more than held up his end of the bargain. Yeah, totally with you. Uh, I was rooting for him. I liked him. I thought he came off as fairly charming. You know, just stuff that. Uh, I'm not saying that I never thought he was capable of, but just stuff that most of his movies don't ask of him. Right. Uh, so yeah, uh, good, good on you, Jason Statham. Hey, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna provoke you here, Derek. It, has Statham passed the rock as an action star? I will reach through this internet connection and punch you in the face. I mean, what was the last movie that Dwayne opened that was well regarded and received? Rampage. Mm-hmm. Rampage opened number one, sir. Okay. What about before that? Jumanji, suck it. <laughs> Jumanji does suck it for sure, dude. That's a terrible How movie. How dare you? That is a terrible movie. Talk about a movie That's I don't know who it's for. Are you? Did you watch that Jumanji movie? Oh, yeah, I watched Jumanji. Jumanji, whatever Bro. it's called. And you didn't like it? Not at all, man. It was too crude for kids and too goofy for adults. How dare you? That movie was amazing. <laughs> I own it right now. As a matter of fact, as soon as we get done with this, I'm going to watch it. Jack Black was the only redeeming part of that movie, man. Oh, my goodness. Shots fired. Well, guys, this is the last episode of Saw Something Scary. Uh, Jeff Wright has ended a 20-year relationship. <laughs> over the rock. The rock drove us apart. You doggone right over the rock. I'll end for it over the rock. Uh, look, I don't want it to be this way, but for some reason, Dwayne, I mean, if he's not attached to the fra- the Fast and the Furious, he's not exactly oh delivering the goods. Oh my goodness. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed Rampage. I might buy Rampage, but, you know, Skyscraper tanked. What's it what's he done? It's been great. Skyscraper was huge in China. <laughs> the, the Meg was huge in China too. I don't know if you noticed that. Not as not as huge as Skyscraper. Suck it again. <laughs> In all seriousness, the the big argument against um, my idea that Statham may have passed him is that as bad as the movies open for The Rock right now, Statham's are like just slightly below, <laughs> and they're both tied to the Fast and the Furious. If you want to have like major box office success with either one of them, hey, here's the deal though, man. Skyscraper made money. Yeah, the Meg the Meg so far hasn't broke even. What was the budget on this one? Uh, the budget on the Meg was like four hundred million dollars though. Oh yeah, I think it passed like three hundred last uh, week. In, right? Yeah. Uh, as of August 19th, it's grossed $83.8 million in the United States and Canada and $232.2 million in other territories for a worldwide total gross of $316 million. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess my thesis is defeated. Does it, bum, does it bum you out that it's a question? I, I saw a podcast from uh, from Bill Simmons this week that said, how do we save the rock career? I, I, I don't. Uh, I hate everybody right now. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you this. I'm rooting for Dwayne. Like I really, like I said, I enjoyed Rampage. I really do enjoy him in most everything. Uh, but it, it seems like maybe his agent is letting him down. Okay. A uh, friend of the podcast, Jared Moore, thinks that the Predator remake missed a huge opportunity to have him come in and be the you know the next generation Arnold in that movie. Yeah, I think he's got a good point. <sighs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Well, on a, on a happier note, Derek, what what would you say your favorite part of this movie was? Like any scenes that stand out? Nothing now. I'm just mad about everything. <laughs> well, let me give you a chance to recover for a second. Did you know that this is based on a series of books? Uh, yeah, I did. I did know that. None of that was on my radar. Um so the author's name is Steve Alton. And mm-hmm. as of our writing right now, he's done seven Meg books. Okay. Um, let me throw some of these titles at you. This sounds like our kind of stuff. Uh, the third Meg book is called Primal Waters, but the fourth is called Hell's Aquarium. Uh, the sixth is Night Stalkers. <laughs> He's done uh, a series that I guess has the Loch Ness Monster in it, but it also apparently involves giant squids. Um, He's been involved in a a book called Grim Reaper, End of Days, which I'm assuming is a subtle uh, period piece loaded with emotional drama. We need to get Steve Alton on the podcast. Oh, for sure. Uh, Shark Man is another. He wrote the foreword to a book called Nightmares Unhinged, which yeah, I need to read that right now. Um, But this movie also apparently stayed in development purgatory for two decades. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, well, the first one came out in 97 and then 
Um, let's see. It looks like Disney originally purchased the film rights to it back in the 90s. Um, and then after a few years of being in developmental purgatory, it landed at Warner Brothers. Uh, but I, f- I feel like that I read somewhere that, I mean, there was like four or five different places that had it before it wound up at Warner Brothers. Yeah, I know, so, I know New Line had it uh, right yeah. after Speed became a thing and they gave it to that director and then shunted it off to somebody else. Yeah, man. So that's pretty. I just pulled up Steve's Steve Alton's Twitter account. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna slide into his DMs and try to get him on our show. Yeah, dude, do that. That'd be awesome. I'm gonna try to track down some of his books. Maybe listen to him while I'm driving. Yeah. And the first question I'll have for him is, why didn't you get The Rock to be in this movie? <laughs> I'd say that decision was out of his hands, man. Yeah, more than likely. Uh, in all seriousness, I'm assuming Statham's price point is still a little bit lower than Dwayne's. Yeah, well, you know, uh, he and he and The Rock are going to do um, they're going to do a spinoff of Fast and the Furious, Hobbs and Tucker, or whatever the crap his name. I, I don't. I've never seen those Fast and the Furious movies, so I don't know. Do they not hate each other still? I thought they were in a feud. Well, I think they're they're frenemies, aren't they? Oh, okay, okay. That sound, I, dude. I don't like. I said I haven't. I watched the first Fast and Furious that Dwayne was in, and I was like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> and then I never, I never went back to that franchise. Plus, I was supposed to be in one of those movies, and then Paul Walker died, and they canceled my part in it. So you know what? Screw off, Fast and Furious. Yeah, I mean, I love those movies. We've talked about this before, but that that sticks in my craw too. Why would you let a little thing like Paul Walker dying get in the way of bring Zoo into uh, your franchise? I don't understand that. Yeah, of my big break. Yeah, that gummit. Hey, speaking of big breaks, as an encouragement uh, to our listeners to keep plugging away at their dreams, uh, this Altman guy said that you know, of course, he saw Jaws when he was a kid, loved it, was inspired. But then when he's thirty-five, he picked up an issue of Time that talked about the Mariana Trench on it. And he had the idea, uh, wouldn't it be neat if there was a shark down there? And he started writing the book. Two years later, he published it, and it's now become a major motion picture. So good on that guy, and good on him for still chomping after the dream at 35. Yeah, man, he did the thing. Speaking of which, my new book, Do the Damn Thing, comes out October the 7th. Absolutely. Uh, available on Amazon? Available on Amazon and at DerekZoo.com. Yeah, baby. Y'all gotta get that. All right, man, what else you want to talk about with this movie? I think I asked you favorite um, parts. Yeah, favorite parts. Man, you uh, you hit one of my favorite parts with, uh, with Rain Wilson trying to kill the shark, thinking that he killed the shark, realizing, oh, no, that's just a huge whale, and then dying a very funny death. Um... I really, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I think my favorite character in this movie um, was the dude, what's his name? You know who I'm talking about? That guy with the face? <laughs> uh, was he um, the telemetry? DJ, DJ the guy uh, played by Paige Kennedy. I think DJ was probably, outside of Jason Statham, DJ was my favorite character in this thing. Uh, now, remind um, me, is DJ the guy who was like in charge of running the sub and, and telemetry from within the station? Yeah. 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 He was good. When he's like, when he's like, Hey man, we're, 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 <laughs> we're going to stay here. Right. We ain't getting on that boat. For real. He's the only one who has any sense. Yeah. I think he was, he, he spoke for all of us at that point. For sure. Uh, when did you know there was a second Megalodon? Um, when they killed the first one. <laughs> you know, this is another example of why I hate trailers. Um, at that point, you're supposed to be surprised that there's another Megalodon, right? The um, yeah, actually, probably the guy that I liked better than DJ was the the engineer who was on the on the sub and got retrieved uh, due to. Oh yeah, yeah, he was fun too. Heller, no, uh, the wall, the wall. Okay, well, you know, the the guy from Heroes basically saved his life by pushing him through the de- through the the hatch. <laughs> poor, poor Masioka, that's the only thing he'll ever be remembered for. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because that's the first thing I thought of, too. I was like, well, dang, hero, why don't you just go back in time and make sure that you don't go down there and find this Megalodon? Well, and that's the Burt Ward curse, right? Burt Ward says that playing Robin stopped him from ever having another meaningful role. But guess what? Sure, he's still going to conventions as Robin. Yeah, he's still making that money. Yeah. Um, so hero pushes him through the hatch. And I kind of hoped he would survive to the end. But when they had him hanging out in the water after they, they tricked him into, you know, like scared him to jumping off the boat. Yeah. Um, I thought. Man, he's hanging in the water for too long. Uh, but I should have realized because we had seen in the trailer the shark attacking all those swimmers on the beach. That oh yeah, that there was still you know a chunk of this movie. Now, of course, if you were paying attention at runtime, you would have caught it as well. But I was just kind of caught up in the movie uh, when that second one hit. I thought, well, of course, because we saw it in the freaking trailer, and they've yeah. ruined this moment of anticipation or surprise because they had to put it in the stinking trailer. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that while I was watching it. I just, dude's dead. 
I looked down at my phone and saw what time it was, and I was like, oh, we've still got a lot of runtime left. Yeah, there's another one. This dude's dead. That, well, and that he didn't just hop out of the water, that they like had him keep swimming in there, and they were taking pictures of him and stuff. I was like, yeah, he's about to yeah. get snatched from the bottom. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised this movie didn't have a scene. You know, every time they brought a, a helicopter in, I was expecting this. They didn't have a scene where the shark like jumps out of the water and snatches something out of the air. Yeah. You know what did have something like that? Rampage with the rock in it. Go watch it right now. It's amazing. <laughs> that's that's entirely true. Um, one of the Jaws movies has that in it, too. I think part two, the shark comes up and just eats a helicopter. I think the helicopter has landed on the surface of the water, but nonetheless, the shark oh, ate a helicopter. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, Even Batman had to deal with a shark on the water. That's true. So. That's true. Thank goodness he had his bat <laughs> repellent spray. Robin, bring the bat shark repellent spray. And, and hand it to me in the worst way possible. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. I watched feet. that movie. I watched that movie the other day. It's on HBO right now. It's on Netflix, too, because the right kids like to watch that movie. They've got good taste. Nice. Yeah, they do. Uh, a couple other fun points. When they say it, which <laughs> kind of ruins it. But when um, when the, the Meg takes the shark tank that the, uh, the, the lead, uh, I can't remember her name but she's she's the lead female actress in the movie when it takes the shark cage she's in mm-hmm. is like a piece of bait and he just takes off running with a breather in his mouth and a, and a harpoon gun yeah uh, that was super awesome gave me everything i wanted from jason statham versus a huge shark yeah man so i you said favorite parts of the movie my favorite part of the movie was jason statham stabbing that shark in the eye yeah that was delightful and jody webster and i uh were talking about it afterwards and he said how can you not like a movie where jason or jason Statham stabs a monstrous shark in the eye. And I was like, yeah, that's, I mean, really, that's how they should have, they should have sold the movie. They should have been like, hey, you want to watch two hours? Uh, and then at the very end, you get to see Jason Statham stab a 25 foot megalodon with a, with a spear in the eye. This is the movie for you. <laughs> that, that could have been the trailer that it could have yeah. just been a still shot of him poised like Poseidon, you know, spear in hand. <laughs> Uh, ready to strike this monster shark and uh, just ran that for a few minutes with a soundtrack. And I would have been there to see that. Yeah. If they would have put, um, what's the, oh, dang it, it's too early in the morning. Um, if they would have put My Heart Will Go On as the soundtrack background while Jason Statham stabs that shark in the eye, that would have been the best trailer ever and would have surpassed Infinity Wars as the most played trailer on YouTube. <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you think the dumbest scene in this movie was? Oh boy. Um, I don't know, man. You give me yours and I'll let me think about it for a second. I'm going to give you two. Okay. So they, um, this is my lesser option. They set you up for this uh, kid to be eaten. He's like a, a portly little child who wants to go swim in the ocean. His mom tells him no, but oh, yeah. eventually he runs out there with a popsicle. And so the mech attacks, everybody's flooding into the shore, but all that is left in the waters for some inexplicable reason is this little pocket of uh, Fruit Loops is what they look like, uh, surrounded by empty water. And he's in that group. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, those people deserve to get eaten. Everybody else has made it to the beach. Y'all are just sitting out there in the water. You deserve to die. Yeah, you're not wrong. The other one is when 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 Statham first gets in the water where you're talking about him just keep swimming. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, the shark won't notice one person in the water uh, who that one person is going to go shoot the, the shark with a pointy thing. <laughs> yeah. But no, that that's completely not a plot hole at all. That's just there to get Jason Statham one on one with the shark. Totally right. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think for me the dumbest part of the whole movie was the the wedding that was on the on the boat. Yeah, that's a good. And one. how and how those those uh, I guess the people in her party just jumped you know jumped into the water and she was screaming, "You've ruined my wedding!" And I was like, "Okay, Rodzilla, you need to be eaten by this megalodon." That's what I expected. I just expected their entire boat to be chomped away. Yeah, totally surprising that little dog made it too. Yeah, man. Yeah, I thought that was a good. I thought that was a nice little twist though, because clearly you're like, "Oh, pup's gone," and. <laughs> And then, and then she pops back up. And you're like, oh, well, good. I'm glad the dog survived. And she's the living embodiment of the just keep swimming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was my favorite part of the movie, though, by the way. Jason Statham singing Just Keep Swimming. Yeah, I thought that was stuff. I thought that was a really good touch. I'm with you. I'm with you. So uh, anything else you want to talk about on this one, Derek? No, man. I just I uh, had a lady friend text me the other day and she said, I'm going to go in the movies. And I said, what are you watching? She said, uh, we're going to go see The Meg. And I said, all right, we'll just turn your brain off for the next two hours and sure. you'll love it. And she came back and she said, you're right. She said, it's not a it's not a thinking movie, but it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, there you go. Absolutely so, right. Yeah. So you said six uh, and a half on scale of one to ten, right? Yeah, I think that's where I'd land. I'm going to co-sign that one. That's going to be the definitive ranking of this movie. 
Uh, did you see something scary? No, I don't think so. Yeah, um, with you. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I, I saw, I, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Uh, definitely glad that I went and watched it, especially uh, going to watch an IMAX. That was a really good, uh, really good call on my part. But yeah, no, I don't. Nothing really scary in this movie. Well, and yet another example of why trailers <laughs> suck. There was one chance in this movie for me to have like got hit by like a jump scare. Mm-hmm. And it's that scene where the little girl is looking out of the display oh, yeah. port. And if even if they had stopped it when the shark is just looking at her in the trailer uh, and then lets you see the shark attack the the glass. Yeah. Um, if they would have if they would have left that part for the movie, I think I would have like jumped back a little bit. But they sure. freaking yeah. put it in the trailer again. Yeah, that's a good call. That that probably was the uh, the scariest point in the whole movie. Yeah, except you're prepared and, for it by the stupid trailer if you see it. So, yeah. listen, this is why Jeff hates trailers. Yeah, you know what? The only thing that scares me about this is that you think that Jason Statham is a bigger action star than The Rock. <laughs> I don't know that I actually do think that. I just wanted to kind of tick you off by raising the question. Well, you did. I almost <laughs> broke this new computer. I almost just threw it across the room. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Uh, he's got. They both got some stuff in development. I think the the tail of the tape will soon be revealed. Hey, uh, real quick. Yeah. Totally on a tangent. You think The Rock shows up in WWE anytime soon? I keep hearing like speculation about that. I don't know if it's credible oh, yeah. or not. Yeah, man. There's a rumor in a new window going around right now that The Rock's going to main event WrestleMania 35. Um, I don't necessarily think that that's a, a good idea. Yeah. Um, I also, for his sake, since the last time he wrestled like at a legitimate wrestling match, he tore um, everything below his waist. Ooh. It seems like like he ripped his pelvis off. Um, there's like several different things that he did. And Take then, that, like, Hulk Hogan. You tear your shirt off. The rock yeah. rips his pelvis off. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was something like that, man. Like his his abductor muscles and a, a couple different things. I don't know. You can you can find out. You go on Rock's Twitter account or his uh, Instagram. Instagram, especially if you go on the rocks, Instagram page and you see him rock bottoming John Cena, there's usually the story of how, what happened. I just forget uh-huh. what all that happened to him, but, um, he was out for like, he, I mean, he, he had, okay. So here's a, here's the tangent, uh, wrestling. If you're not into wrestling, you can fast forward for the next three minutes and you'll be fine. Uh, so the rock wrestled Cena at the last WrestleMania in New York, which was WrestleMania 29, um, midway through the match, he went to rock bottom John Cena and and he got injured. Uh, Corsina wins the match because <laughs> LOL. And then the next night, um, Rock was supposed to show up at uh, at Raw and start a program with Brock Lesnar that would have ran until WrestleMania 30. Um, Rock had to had to go in had to had to go from Mania to get surgery. Uh, he was out for like <clears throat> like six to eight weeks. You know, recuperated, pushed back Hercules. Um, cost the studio some money. And so then after that, it was kind of like, Hey man, you got to pick one or the other. You know, yeah. if you want to wrestle, wrestle, but if you know, you've got all these movies down the pike. So if you want to, you want to keep being Dwayne Johnson, superhuman movie star, then we should probably put the wrestling to bed. So I'm, I'm curious to see long story longer. I'm curious to see what happens. Um, in my eyes, just show up and do like a dueling rock concert with Elias. Mm. And I would be, I'd be completely satisfied with that. Like I'm at the point now where I would just like to see the rock come out and cut promos and every once in a while and maybe hit a people's elbow like don't don't put your life and your your body and your career in jeopardy over something that you know you were good at 20 years ago uh, but that doesn't necessarily need you now because they've got enough talent right now that they don't really need these part-time guys coming back in and and stealing the main events yeah co-sign on that one as well all right man and for more and for more uh <laughs> in this like this tune into jeff and i's podcast called the mega potters that drops every friday this friday we actually get to speak to cbs sports combat sports writer the brian campbell that'll be a lot of fun he's always awesome hope that, yep hope that you guys check it out yeah well guys thank you for listening to this episode of saw something scary you heard that Derek zoo has a book coming out you know where to find it on amazon and derrickzoo.com uh, Derek, where else can they find you on the interwebs oh man that'll be about it derrickzoo.com will take you everywhere that you need to go uh we'll let you guys know that i will be in Tennessee in January. Um, I've got shows in Knoxville, Tennessee, Cookville, Tennessee, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Nashville, Tennessee, I'm pretty sure. Also, we'll be in Huntsville, Alabama, Orlando, Florida, and Dayton, Ohio. So if you're in any of those places, I would love to see you guys come out. And those tour dates will be revealed probably in October. So keep a lookout at DerekZoo.com for that. Sweet. Jeff Wright, where can they find you on, this, on the interwebs? At Wright Jeff, most places if you're interested. 
You can find us at Scary Podcast on Twitter. You can find us at We Saw Something Scary, the Facebook group on Facebook. And there's also a Reddit subsite for those of you who are Redditors. And that can be forward slash r forward slash saw something scary. So tons and tons of different ways for you to connect with us. Uh, like we always say, the Facebook group is probably the, probably the best. And I want to say thank you to those of you in that Facebook group who voted on the Meg this week for our episode. So thank you for that. And we'll be putting up a poll probably in the next few weeks to figure out where we go from here after we're done with the movies that we put up on the last poll. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming with searching continually being rolled back, maybe we're looking at the Frighteners for this week. Yeah, sure, man. That sounds good to me. Okay. So if you're interested in watching along with us, go track down the Frighteners. I think that's Robert Zemeckis project from back in the day. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to, to being back with you guys next week. My Jeff, what's your what's your Thursday look like? Like your Thursday evening, what's it look like? Uh, Thursday evening, I think, is freed up right now. Would you be interested in doing a watch along on the Facebook group to the Frighteners? Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. Let me see if I can figure okay. out how to make that happen. I don't, you know, the the one thing is that homework and bedtimes have to have to be taken care of. But hey, my kids will participate uh, in the sense of going on to bed and not getting up a ton of times. Right. Okay. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll we'll figure out the details on that, and we'll let you guys know for sure. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Thursday night, we'll try to do a little watch-along with the Frighteners. It'll be a lot of fun. Sounds good, man. All right. All right. Good deal, man. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll be uh, talking to you more this week, especially on the Facebook group. We saw something scary. I just want to plug that as much as possible. For Jeff Wright, this is Derek Zoo reminding you that The Rock is a better action star than Jason Statham. Uh, beware of clowns and sewers, white people, teacups, and blind men with turkey basters. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye, man.